souls transforming worlds to a better wonder to behold no poverty zero hunger for the elderly or younger good health and well-being good education empowering women to become sensation clean water sanitation as a right every nation economic growth inclusive and sustain through industry innovation and purely dedication yeah infrastructure begin produce an equality for sure make human settlements secure take urgent actions to climate to combat climate change conserve life below water and land ensure we do not estrange justice for all a peaceful and empathetic nations that is all partner to achieve these goals and provide much needed salvation each one teach then no compensation each one teach then no compensation Hi everyone. Thank you so much for joining. It has been a long time, but here again I'm back with yet another episode. So good morning, good evening, namaste, hola, bonjour, gerimed, tervé and marhaban. This is Namya Joshi, your host for the day. Welcome to episode 78 of the podcast Each One Teach 10, an amazing world of STEM, an inspiring venture where we'll be discussing that STEM is a part of every day for every kid we all will learn together how to build a stem culture well for today my guest is mr michael varit from microsoft ireland's dream space team trained as a primary school teacher but has since ventured into the realm of stem in his role as a stem education specialist he is the host of dream space live and has been involved in several minecraft education initiatives in the republic of ireland a microsoft certified educator his enthusiasm for gaming and game based learning shines through his work it's my absolute honor to have you on my podcast today mr michael so how are you doing today I'm fantastic Namia. Thank you so much. Uh, what a glowing introduction. Uh, I love the intro song as well. I saw that there for the first time. That was fantastic. I loved it. I'm delighted Thank to be you. on the podcast and uh, really excited to be chatting with you. Thank you so much. So, how is the weather there today? Uh yeah, I think uh, we were chatting just before we went live. The weather in both our sides isn't the best. Uh, it's very cold here in Ireland. Uh, every time uh december finishes i'm always like okay brilliant we're moving into spring and then i have a very harsh reminder that january is usually the coldest month in ireland and it surprises me every single year even though it happens every single year so it's very cold right now what about your side my side as well it's really cold but today is lori and that's a festival that actually marks um the smooth transition from winter to summer in my country india so i'm hoping for it to get better soon but right now it certainly is it's literally 9 degrees celsius and it's really really cold so fingers crossed it warms up for both of us <laughs> absolutely all right so before we begin we would love to know more about you and the work that you're doing Yeah, thank you so much. Uh yeah, so as a introduction I I uh, my job title would fall under a STEM education specialist uh for the team Dreamspace in Microsoft Ireland. 
Um, so probably plenty of people listening has never heard of us before. Uh, what Dream Space is, is both a physical location that you can see with my virtual background just behind me here. Uh, but we're also a team and we're a team of teachers that have a mission to bring uh, STEM education to every young person on the island of Ireland. Uh, and we do this through a range of different means. Uh, so kind of our bread and butter would be having daily sessions uh, with young people. Uh, they can be age six all the way up to 18 uh, with hands-on STEM activities in our actual physical location uh, titled The Dream Space. Uh, that's in one Microsoft place, the headquarters for Microsoft Ireland in Leperstown in Dublin. Uh, so that was what it originally was. It was uh, purely just those kind of um, those school trips to us uh, when we launched back in 2018. But since then, uh, the initiative has really, really evolved as the team has grown. Um, and what we do now is we offer STEM education uh, through a range of different means. So we have our in-person trips that still happen every single day. Uh, but we also have um, a range of other we ways to engage with the dream space experience. So we have on-demand um, uh, resources. To some of our main one would be Dream Space TV. And we have plenty of seasons of that ranging from different topics, a lot of the time focusing on coding and introduction to coding. Uh, we also have Dream Space Live, which I'm sure we'll be talking about later on as well, which is our our um our live events which is our uh, basically live lessons educational streaming uh, something i oversee for the team as well uh, and we also have fantastic initiatives uh, that we look at new ways and new approaches of bringing stem education uh, to schools and there's a fantastic one as well that we run by a colleague of mine uh, neve highland uh, the dream space ambassador program which is actually training as students to be leaders in their own schools and deliver STEM lessons throughout their school and throughout their community. Um, and that's just a sample of what we do. So we're a team of five. Uh, we are all teachers and we have teaching backgrounds. Uh, so we very much understand what it's like to actually teach these subjects. And I think that's what really makes the team click. Uh, for myself personally, who I am and what I, uh, what I do, um, I'm a primary school teacher. A trained primary school teacher. Um, so here in Ireland, uh, primary school is from the ages of four to 12, and uh, we teach all subjects uh, across the curriculum. Uh, I did my Bachelor of Education in Dublin City University a couple of years back. Um, and after that, then I moved into my role here in Microsoft after an internship. Um, and with my role here in Microsoft, I look after three core pillars. I look after uh, DreamSpace Live, I look after our Minecraft education initiatives with game-based learning and a really uh, cool one and one I, I hold quite dearly to myself is Dream Space in the community, which is looking at bringing STEM education to rural areas. But I'm sure we'll be talking about all of those uh, in just a little while. Absolutely. That's really intriguing to listen to that through Dream Space, you're empowering young people through hands-on STEM activities, basically through in-person trips or Dream Space TV for coding live events for education streaming, as well as ambassador programs for empowering students. That's absolutely amazing. So can you share a bit about your journey from being a primary school teacher, like you said, to becoming a STEM education specialist at Microsoft Ireland's uh, Dream Space team? And most importantly, what inspired this transition? Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and it's funny, it's a, it's a kind of a question I get um, nearly every day, uh, because obviously we have teachers joining us with their classes every day. A lot of the time they look at me and be like, how did you end up here? How are you a teacher <laughs> in this role? Um, so yeah, so as I said, I, I did my Bachelor of Education in Dublin City University. I, I graduated in, in 2020. Um, and throughout that program, I specialized in science education. I always had a passion for science um, within school, but then even outside of that, 
I had a, a great love for technology, more specifically uh, gaming as well. Uh, that was kind of um, our, my passion for gaming kind of drove my my interest in tech, whether it was like the best screens to play on, the newest consoles and so on. Um, but yeah, so when I finished and I was about to wrap up my Bachelor of Education, as I finished up my degree, uh, I had the opportunity to take part in an internship. Uh, so DCU actually offered this fantastic initiative called the STEM Teacher Internship Program, which gets uh, trainee teachers, uh, teachers who are still um, doing their degrees and some who are just newly qualified uh, into STEM companies. So there was a range of different STEM companies you could apply to. Um, and you went there, not as a teacher, but as an intern. And you got to experience what a STEM company was like in the hopes that later on, further down in your career and when you're back in the classroom, when you have students asking you about what do you think it's like, teacher, to be in a STEM company or working in the field of STEM, you have a little bit of experience and knowledge of that. And, and I think that internship is fantastic. Um, it's run by some amazing people there in DCU, Deirdre Butler and Ailish McLaughlin, and they have a fantastic team there. And I think it's a really good initiative. I did that actually internship twice. I did it once with Bank of Ireland, a bank here. And halfway through my internship with Bank of Ireland, we had a trip here to Microsoft uh, to visit the intern who was here at the time, uh, a former colleague of mine, uh, Nevo Mali, and I got to see the space. I got to see the building. I got to see a little glimpse of dream space. And I remember saying to myself that, that day, I was like, I am going to do everything in my power to get back in here next summer for the next internship. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, luckily enough, I was able to secure a spot for the Microsoft uh, internship the following summer uh, with, within that program. And during that time, I was working with the ACE team, so the Advanced Cloud Engineering team, um, and an amazing manager over there, Ellen O'Neill. And uh, that team was brand new to me. So uh, imagine a primary school teacher who was learning about how to teach um, uh, young people about drama and maths and geography and history being thrown into a team that is titled Advanced Cloud Engineering. Not even beginners in cloud engineering, advanced cloud engineering. It was brand new to me. And at the beginning, I, I felt like, um, what could I actually bring to the table here um, uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff? And, and my manager at the time really, really kind of worked hard to kind of integrate me with the team. Uh, she actually gave me real responsibilities, which I actually really appreciated. And I actually was able to contribute to the team through some of the skills that I had as a teacher, whether that was communication or actually taking really high level concepts and being able to break those down, uh, whether it was creating kind of like intro materials to work on the team and stuff for that. So that summer kind of really opened up my eyes to see, oh, brilliant, fantastic. I absolutely love the classroom, but I also have a skill set here that can be applied to different situations and different setups. Um, and during that summer, I got to experience uh, two weeks of working with the DreamSpace team. <clears throat> So at the time, it was a fantastic team. It was um, Amanda Jolliffe, Corey Hughes, Neva Malley, and, and Rory McAvoy. Um, they were very welcoming, and they gave me kind of an overview of what they did. And I got to work on some resources with them, and I instantly fell in love with the idea. It, it kind of broadened my horizons in regards to uh, what it meant uh, to be a teacher uh, and the possibilities of um, what education can be even just outside the classroom and uh, other further career opportunities. So the first thing I did was I messaged uh, Amanda Jolliffe, uh, the DreamSpace lead and the essentially the creator of DreamSpace. And I said, how do I get a job here? <laughs> so uh, uh, she told me, look, at the, at the time there was no roles, but I kept asking, I was like, look, what can I do to better prepare myself and train currently and upskill 
uh, so that when there is a job, um, I have a, a good opportunity to, to get into the team and get onto the team. And she gave me some recommendations, whether it's kind of upskilling and coding and, and practicing this, that or whatever and getting some certificates. And that's exactly what I did. Um, my internship wrapped up and finished and I was very happy with it. Uh, and then I went off teaching. Uh, I started my teaching career and a couple of months into that, um, I got a notification from Amanda saying that there was a role and rather an opportunity and I absolutely jumped at it. Uh, gave him my all and thankfully I was able to secure my position on the team and that was October 2020. Uh, it's been an absolute whirlwind so I'm, I'm coming up uh, about three and a half years now in the role coming up into my four-year anniversary within the team uh, and I've absolutely loved it and during my time there obviously I, I facilitate for DreamSpace um, uh, at the beginning it was a, a lot and now with the team got bigger we have more rotations of it but I still teach for DreamSpace a minimum, minimum once or twice a day, which is full day teaching sessions with classes throughout the day. So, uh, and I get to work in a classroom, as you can see behind me. So this amazing space that is Minecraft themed and very open and lots of screens and lots of tech and uh, very much focused on what STEM should be, which is all about project-based learning and giving incentives and saying, okay, this is your challenge folks, off you go, you have half an hour to complete it and giving them the run of the entire space to work on that challenge and come back to us and present it to us or accomplish that task. So um, I'm very, very lucky in the role that I am. Uh, and that's kind of my journey here. And over the past three years, my role has kind of evolved and I've taken on more responsibility. Um, and yeah, as I said, I now look after those three core pillars outside of daily facilitation, which is DreamSpace Live, educational streaming, Minecraft education, which I'm so thrilled about and I'm very, very passionate about. And then of course, as well, something that very near and dear to me, which is bringing uh, STEM education to rural areas as well. So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about the journey and, and how I've got to this point. That's absolutely a very inspirational journey. And the way you explain, like, every timeline of how you started to, you know, focusing upon your uh, work at DreamSpace is absolutely amazing. Like, after bachelor's, moving on to DCU's STEM internship uh, teacher program, to STEM companies, knowing, uh, you know, in-depth knowledge of STEM. And you actually, like you said about looking forward to come back for Microsoft internship. You learn more about cloud, advanced cloud engineering, if I got that right, to, you know, having an opportunity during that summer to actually work two weeks at DreamSpace. And that's when you realize that this is exactly the place that I actually want to be. And because you could actually extend your horizons regarding education outside the classroom, being a teacher to empower your students. And then I absolutely loved the idea of STEM being focused more upon project-based learning and challenge-based learning. And then again, like you also laid stress upon, you know, it being used for villages as well. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it's been great. And, and I've loved my time in DreamSpace and I'm excited to see where it goes um and as we grow and develop so dream space has actually kind of gone off into new locations so originally we only had the one spot dream space was a brand new idea it originated in in dublin uh from the great minds of, of kevin marshall um my manager and and of course led by uh the fantastic amanda jollop and we've actually opened up a new uh locations as well so we actually have one now in uh, northern ireland uh bulgaria as well which is fantastic and some other locations as well across europe um so hopefully uh, step by step, Dream Space is going to take over the world. <laughs> That's absolutely great to know. And also, let's take a uh, take a look at the comments we have. The first one by Miss Mo Monica Joshi. Hello, Namya and Michael. It's so good to see you again in the same screen. <laughs> hey, you. Monica. 
How's it going? It's great to, to hear from you again. And exactly, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled and, and honored to be on the same screen again and sharing a screen again uh, with Nami. I hope you've been keeping well and hope you enjoy, enjoy your uh, day of celebration today as well. We also have a comment coming in from Mr. Frank Moody. Thank you so much for joining. And he also says that love that welcoming space with all the windows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's what it really is all about. Uh, it really kind of earns its name of being a dream space. It's very open uh, glass all around the uh, uh, the room as well. A really open space as well. So um, what modern classroom should be, you know? Truly. I absolutely agree with that. So moving on to my next question for you. How does Minecraft education enhance STEM education mm -hmm. through gaming and game-based learning in your work? Yeah, so um, over over the years since I've been uh, with my, um, Microsoft and with DreamSpace, uh, a personal passion of mine was game-based learning and, and was with Minecraft, uh, very much down to the fact that I'm an avid gamer myself. Uh, I spend a lot of evenings uh, gaming and have a personal passion for it. And growing up, I, I learned so so much for, from it. Um, I can even think back kind of trying to force myself to learn how to read at a very early age, just to be able to understand Pokemon a little bit more and that kind of stuff, you know? So um, I always had a feeling that that uh, gaming had a fantastic opportunity there to to be educational and be an educational tool. Um, so when the idea of Minecraft education started coming about and, and really coming in, we I had experienced a small bit of it during my Bachelor of Education with DreamSpace, um, we use it as one of our learning tools. So uh, DreamSpace uses uh, quite a lot of different kind of STEM tools. We use Microbits, we use MakeCode Arcade, and Minecraft Education would be another one as well. So uh, my personal passion for that has kind of led me to, to work on a couple of different projects with it. Um, I suppose when it comes to the question is how can Minecraft Education actually enhance STEM education and learning? Um, I always like to draw from real-world examples, uh, and uh, a perfect real-world example is a project we ran a couple of years ago called Ireland's Future is Mine. Um, it was this fantastic initiative that we worked on that first set out to give uh, every primary school on the uh, in Ireland um, free Minecraft education accounts. So they got uh, free trial accounts um, that they didn't have access to before. And then we paired that then as well with a season of DreamSpace TV, which actually brought students and teachers on a learning journey from being able to play, not being able to place a block. So placing your very first block all the way to the point where you were actually uh, tasked with recreating your local area with sustainability in mind and looking to kind of recreate a futuristic version of your local area. Uh, what came out of that was fantastic and the, and the, the epitome of what you can achieve um, with a game-based learning tool like Minecraft Education. So we had over 100 um, entries and one, over 100 uh, plus classrooms submit these extensive bills that showcase the work that they were doing in their class. So um, not only was it looking at uh, very curriculum based subjects um, like maths uh, or geography or history as they actually explore their local area with history in mind, exploring the local geography, obviously mapping it out, scales, area, perimeter and so on within maths, but also looking at uh, topics that um, maybe are outside our primary curriculum at the moment. Uh, like the idea of sustainability, which is obviously such an important topic and something we always like to include in DreamSpace as well. So students actually had to go off and research that. And we had to not only research that um, and just kind of get information and, and present it, they actually had to apply it to see, okay, I know what sustainability is, but what does that look like in my local area? Uh, and what they came up with was fantastic. 
Um, after that point, uh, they actually uh, got to get into a semi-final, uh, which tasked them with uh, creating a space focused on accessibility. Uh, so again, moving into a really, really important topic. Um, and Minecraft was just the vehicle for these students to be able to research it. So instead of just saying, okay, today, folks, we're going to be looking at a lesson on sustainability, giving a definition, some examples, and having very close-ended questions of uh, question one, what is accessibility and getting students to answer it. We were giving them an incentive to say, okay, to potentially go through in this competition to win and so on, uh, you actually have to research it and then apply that knowledge into a build um, in real time. So they're able to showcase their knowledge in very creative ways. And, and we actually pair that as well with the presentation. Um, I think a big part of STEM and STEM careers is 21st century skills, which I'm sure a lot of your guests talk about, which is obviously critical thinking, creativity, um, collaboration and communication. And those two last ones, collaboration, communication, really shine in this project and really shine in every project I use Minecraft education with is uh, communication is so, so important here. We typically kind of get students to use Minecraft as a way to actually present their ideas and, and present their thoughts and solutions to different problems, but also uh, collaboration there. So these builds are so extensive. One person can't really build it in the allotted amount of time that you had. So it does uh, depend on you actually working with your classmates. And we saw some fantastic things come out of that. Uh, we had an amazing example of um, a classroom in the West of Ireland, which uh, I was very proud as I'm from the West of Ireland myself, um, come to us and talk to us about how the use of Minecraft actually kind of changed um, the environment in their classroom that year. And how uh, students who may not have had the opportunity to kind of speak out, voice their thoughts and voice their opinions in other project-based um, uh, work, or even in typical lessons, they were the experts in Minecraft and they were able to shine. Um, so the teacher who was out there, a fantastic teacher, uh, Colin Siren, uh, he was telling me that there were some students who, when you when when he was tasking his class with, okay, everybody get into groups, a handful of students who may not have always been picked were being the first ones to be picked during these challenges. And he said it completely changed um, their confidence levels, how they engage with the class, even outside of the world of Minecraft education um, or even outside of the Minecraft lesson. Um, and I think that really is the power of it. It gave a lot of them a voice and allowed them to actually communicate um, to their teacher their knowledge levels when it comes to different topics and different subject areas. And uh, that's obviously, as you can probably tell, something I'm very passionate about. Truly encouraging for the audience listening us to yeah. us right now that focusing upon, you know, how gaming can be educational. And, you know, you talked about the project Ireland's Future is Mine, where you gave free accounts of Minecraft to students, paired that to DreamSpace TV, and, uh, you know, for basically gave out a challenge for them to recreate a sustainable version of their locality or an area that they live in and how they envision it would look like in the future. So that's wherein they are problem solving and they're thinking about what developments that can be created in their area, which are needed and which cater to the needs of the people of their society as well. Mm -hmm. And as well as this is not just focused upon the curriculum based subjects, but basically focusing upon sustainability mm -hmm. so that, you know, as the word sustainable itself means that you are able to use the resources for the present generation as well as make them equally available for the upcoming ones. So that's how students are able to research more and that's focusing more upon research-based learning. And then in the semis, like you said, they were focusing upon creating accessibility areas and then mapping it to STEM, 
and also like you mentioned about 21 CLD skills like communication collaboration creativity critical thinking and that gives out uh, gives out voice to students to share their experiences their learnings as well as you know collaborate with people to learn from their insights as well so that is actually a great idea for you know the listeners to try it out in their classrooms as well exactly and actually a fun fun thing on that actually the culmination of that project uh, saw the first ever uh broadcast um esports for education uh so the ireland future is mine we partnered with our state broadcaster here rte and we actually created an hour-long program uh based on esports for education it was the two final teams going head to head in a live build challenge in this amazing studio i got to help kind of produce it and on the day i was running the world and stuff like that um and it was fantastic and that's available actually right now so if you look up ireland future is mine you can watch the entire program uh on youtube uh so definitely go check it out because it's a really quality program of course do check it out and we have more comments coming in um love that making it relatable and personal exactly yeah absolutely student voice so important 100 hashtag student voice <laughs> of course thank you so moving on to my next question uh in your role um your work with both educators and students how do you approach bridging the gap between traditional teaching methods and newer more technology driven methods and approaches in education yeah it's it's, it's a fantastic question um i think it, it it's it's a really important part of my job um i do quite a lot of teacher trainings uh so upskilling for teachers and i, I work with teachers quite a lot whether it is with Minecraft projects, whether it is with the DreamSpace Showcase project, which is a rural-based STEM education project I mentioned earlier on. Um, and it really comes down to one thing, and it, it is all about teacher confidence. Um, right now, currently, the, the Irish primary curriculum is jam-packed. <laughs> and so teachers are really at capacity every single day to be able to meet those objectives and meet those learning outcomes. Uh, so what we kind of aspire to do here in DreamSpace is to try and make it as simple and as easy for them to incorporate new digital technologies or even STEM education into their everyday life as much as possible. So everything we create, all of our uh, resources, we always tie them into actually achieving um, curriculum outcomes. Um, so as I mentioned earlier on, those, those episodes that went along with Ireland Futures Mind, those DreamSpace TV episodes, or even the other season, the DreamSpace TV or DreamSpace Bite Size or all the other resources we create, we always accompany that with a teacher guide that showcases the learning outcomes and objectives you're actually achieving while doing these lessons uh, because they don't have the time really to carve out an hour to teach a pure STEM lesson um, that doesn't achieve any of their other outcomes because that's just really how busy the curriculum is right now. I know the Irish primary curriculum is looking to evolve and, and um, uh, rejig itself over the next coming years and it will have the inclusion of STEM, which is fantastic to hear about. But for now, we're trying to make it as easy and as accessible for teachers uh, to actually uh, roll out STEM education in their classroom while, uh, by saying, look, you can do this while also achieving your geography outcomes or your history learning outcomes and so on. But outside of that uh, piece as well, the big thing that I always like to note uh, in my Minecraft trainings is uh, it's the confidence piece. And, and that can kind of be broken down into two big things here. Uh, the first one is support. Uh, so whenever I run a training session, I always like to share my uh, contact information. I always say, look, you're not on this journey alone. I'll be there to help you out. Whether it is a question that relates to our training or even in the world of STEM, the DreamSpace team is so really uh, passionate about it 
you can shoot us questions and ask us questions and we'll do everything in our power to, to support you in that journey. Um, especially if you've never experienced STEM or coding or, or even using new technologies or learning tools like Minecraft education before, uh, we want don't want you to be overwhelmed by it. So we always want to express, and uh, me personally as well in my training, I always reiterate this, morning, noon, night, afternoon, shoot me an email or even give me a buzz and I'm going to help you out as best as I can to solve that. Whether it is a, a pedagogical issue saying that, okay, our class aren't really uh, uh, meshing well with this uh, Minecraft lesson. How do you think I can split them up better? How do, how do you think we can have some better classroom management going here? Or even if it's technical issues as well, because I think that's a big, big issue that teachers have quite a lot is that they're trying to roll out a fantastic new lesson using a new digital tool. And there's some technical hiccups that can be quite frustrating and time consuming. So we also like to support there as well. The second thing that kind of falls under that teacher confidence banner uh, is setting expectations. And I say these to the teachers I work with all the time, the amazing teachers that I work with. And I always say, look, you got to set your expectation here. Um, if you're going to roll out a Minecraft education lesson in your class, you could quit your job today as a teacher and play Minecraft every single day for the next two years and you still won't be at the level your students are when it comes to minecraft expertise and accepting that fact is actually quite hard it, 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 it's a tough pill to swallow really um but really acknowledging it, it can be quite empowering so you're not you're not going to be this fountain of knowledge that has all the answers and all the solutions for your students when you're rolling out these kind of lessons that are brand new to both you and your students you're going to be a facilitator and you're going to say, look, let's learn together. Let's do this together. Let's figure this out. And you might be the leader in this. So we might have a handful of students who are Minecraft experts who will take over and help out with a lot of things. And I will move from an educator role into a facilitator role for this lesson. Um, and we've seen great success with that. So um, I've worked with fantastic teachers who've never played Minecraft and never played a video game, let alone Minecraft. Uh, and they have been fantastic Minecraft educators in their class or even new learning tool educators in their class because they understood, look, I have um, a, a group of young people in front of me whose generation is based on using this kind of technology. They've grown up with it. They're very knowledgeable on it. I'm going to utilize that confidence that they have with it um, to actually do some really cool and fun stuff in my class and let them be the experts. I'm going to just assist them. I'm going to set that challenge or I'm going to give that incentive or I'm going to give that learning goal um, and still have my learning outcomes that I want to achieve. We're going to achieve those together instead of me just setting it for my student to work towards. And I've seen some fantastic um, uh, examples of that here in Ireland. There's a, there's a fantastic teacher I work with, uh, Mr. Grundy. He used to actually call his oldest class in his school his IT team. So he only had six in his class and he would call his oldest students the IT team, and they would actually fix IT problems around the school. And I thought that was a fantastic idea, not only from the fact that they actually were able to solve tech issues and they were very tech savvy, but they also gave a lot of responsibility for the students to be leaders and to be um, uh, uh, have that kind of position of, let's say, power of, of uh, responsibility in their school, which is so important for young people. Absolutely. That is indeed really, um, you know, influencing for everybody. So you know, like you're focusing more upon, you know, like it is Minecraft in a way simple for incorporating, even when teachers do not have the time to like, focus upon a full STEM based lesson, they can always have the mixed approach. And like, as you said that you provide them the support to make them like feel like they're not alone and uh, have the help that they need they'll always reach out to you for that. And they can easily focus upon classroom management as well as the tech issues. 
And I really loved the point about the expectations that you talked about that they could be a facilitator, a leader, but even if they take a break of two years to become the professional gamers like students are, that'll take a lot of time. And like I have seen that myself as well. So I can actually agree to that point because they can guide us to create the Minecraft lessons because that's exactly what, like even I can give a personal example, my mother, she does know how to play Minecraft. But then again, when I have to uh, like, gain ideas or like I have to create proper words, she gives me the inspiration or I, you know, just having a normal discussion with her gives me more ideas to start creating. So in that way, like basically she's my mentor and uh, every teacher in our school, you know, is facilitating students to create lesson plans uh, in Minecraft for them or, you know, for basically reflecting themselves in Minecraft is a way that they are inspiring us and they're giving us the motivation and the ideas and we're the one who are carrying it out. So again, it's a two-way process. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Completely agree. Thank you. And we have so many comments coming in for this um, particular question. Hi, Namya. So glad to catch this phenomenal, phenomenal podcast today. Love hearing the conversation about Minecraft and how it can develop a range of skills. Teacher confidence is the key for sure. Absolutely. Support. It takes community. Exactly. Yeah. When it's as easy as possible for all teachers to pick up and use, the more likely engagement will be high and that only benefits our learners. Exactly, Amanda. I completely agree. I think most teachers I work with are surprised that using any sort of digital technology isn't as difficult as they expect. It's usually so easy to incorporate STEM across the curriculum. 100%. And like Miss Monica said about that example, you said teachers not doing how to you know, play. Absolute example of our school. Love whatever, uh, whenever I work with learners that are always better than me very quickly. I think because our learners are so, uh, are often fearless when presented with digital tools. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And off they go on a big adventure, discovering and exploring things for themselves. Absolutely. Go ahead, please keep on chiming in your comments. And if you have any questions for Mr. Michael, please go ahead and put them in the chat box and we'll entertain them as well. Okay. So I have a fun question to ask you. Hmm. Which is your favorite Minecraft mob? Ooh, that's a fantastic one. Um, it is a tricky one. I'm actually going to be, let's say, unique in this. And I, I, I am probably biased because after the past four years, I think I've played more Minecraft education then I have base Minecraft. So I'm going to go with the agent. So our agent who represents coding within Minecraft education, I, I think quite unique. I do like the fact that it is so unique that it's only found in this version of Minecraft and not others. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time when I do lessons with uh, young people who are Minecraft experts and they think uh, they know everything uh, to do with Minecraft and you press C in your keyboard and this little robot pops up and they're like, Who's this? What is this? I've never seen this before. Uh, I, for that moment alone, I got to go with the agent as as the favorite mob in Minecraft. What about you, Namya? For me, uh, in the beginning, it was the Ender Dragon because right. I used to um, like I know how to kill the Ender Dragon, but then again, uh, my easiest way when I was quite young was slash kill at the rate E. I know Minecraft listeners 
know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But then again, like for me, I would uh, actually agree with you. I like the agent as well because I love coding with it. And then again, like you talked about it being available only in Minecraft education. And besides that, I actually love to experiment the agent with the chemistry update because mm-hmm. that's again only available in education edition of Minecraft. Yeah. So like, I love to, you know, use the coding to create several balloons at the same time, different assets to create the spark lights and absolutely amazing. I think um, with your the, your command there to kill the ender dragon as well, at, um, uh, at kill as well, um, or uh, your command there to kill that entity, I think I have to use that quite a lot in class as well, especially if you uh, accidentally click C and the agent is occupying a space and you need to place a block there. I always think it's quite harsh that you have to use the command to kill agent. And sometimes I'm just doing it really quickly. And I do a lot of teacher training as well. And some of the teachers are horrified <laughs> that you're typing in kill as, he, uh, as a command, you know? Truly. But if you have to end all the hodgepodge happening in your world, then you always have that command to kill any, you know, mobs. Like Especially like sometimes when I'm building something and the mobs start troubling me, so I just do add kill everybody. Yeah. So now I'm happy I'll be able to build whatever I want yeah. to. <laughs> exactly, okay, yeah. so thank you for answering that question. So I want to know that as someone with a background in gaming, like you said, you've been playing games for quite a long time. You've been an avid gamer. How do you balance the entertainment aspect of games with the educational potential they offer, especially in the context of Minecraft education? Fantastic question. Uh, a really important one. <clears throat> I think to think about uh, game-based learning, uh, I think the first thing you kind of have to think about is like, what exactly does game-based learning mean? And wh- what is it all about? Uh, I suppose it is such a new term. They, the, the, the definitions of it vary quite a lot. But what it's all about is kind of uh, using gameplay to actually achieve specific learning outcomes. And, and I think that's a really important part of that definition. Um, I think it's something I say to the teachers I work with quite a lot is that Minecraft education or game-based learning, or in this case, digital game-based learning, shouldn't just be viewed as either something like, oh, it's Friday afternoon, let's everybody just boot up Minecraft education, let's play around with it for a while, do whatever you want uh, as a reward, or, uh, okay, your teacher's off today, uh, substitute teacher's in, and we have a free class, let's just do an hour of Minecraft just to pass some time. Uh I think you need to move out of that mindset and look at it like it's an actual learning tool that can be used to achieve specific learning outcomes. So you should be running lessons that incorporate Minecraft education. It doesn't have to be based purely within the world of Minecraft. Um, That's something that I think uh, teachers don't understand as well, is that what I'm asking of you to use in your class isn't just from nine to three in your class, you are just looking at Minecraft. There's so much pre-learning you can do. There's so much post-gaming learning you can uh, discussions you can have. And the actual playing of the game as well can just be an aspect of it. It's just to enhance the lessons you're traditionally using anyway. So um, achieving those specific learning outcomes are so, so important. And a big task that I always have for my teachers is that, uh, that I work with is that, look, first and foremost, tell me a lesson that you teach every year. So a lot of the time teachers teach the same lesson every year to a new class group. So tell me that lesson, describe that lesson to me. And let's see how we could enhance that with Minecraft education. Not fully replace it, just use everything you've done before, but let's see where we can actually use Minecraft to enhance it. And why is it worthwhile? So then you have to kind of come up with a little bit of an argument for why teachers, especially if those who are quite wary of Minecraft, 
why they should um, actually invest the time in learning about it and introducing it into their class. Well, it's, it's because of a handful of reasons. Uh, I think the first one is, is purely motivation. I think we're we're living in a world right now, and, and I see it personally. It's not even young people. I see it personally. I waste so much time on Instagram Reels or TikToks. My attention span is literally like 30 seconds long, and I'm sure that's quite a lot for like a lot of young people as well and, and students. So we have to really understand that. But then commercial video games um, still showcase to us that young people can engage with a single task, a single focus for a prolonged period of time. So you may have students coming into you saying, last night I played five hours of Fortnite, all right? And I didn't go to bed until 1 a.m. That's not necessarily a good thing. And that's not what game-based learning is promoting. But what it is saying is like, look, this, this student engaged with one activity, one task for such a prolonged period of time. Let's see if we can use that and actually couple it with some of our traditional uh, um, lessons and curriculum areas and see how we can have that prolonged engagement using this tool and using this platform. And that's what I always tell my teachers as well to say, look, this is how you really motivate them. This is something brand new. And this is meeting them at the level that they're at and they're at in regards to what they're interested in. Um, whether it's them in being interested in Minecraft or just purely that it's something not really conventional uh, in their classes, they've never done it before. It's new and it's, it's exciting. And they're going to be thrilled to look at whatever lesson is, is, is wrapped around it whether it's exploring ancient Egypt, whether it is doing a math problem and representing fractions with blocks in the game, or exploring one of the worlds built into the game itself uh, as they learn about Nobel Peace Laureates or something along those lines. Um, it is a fantastic way to kind of engage them. And then the final one, uh, Nami, that I always say to my uh, teachers that I work with is that video games is a fantastic environment for failure, right? Video games is all about failing, right? And I always use this analogy to teachers is that in the original Super Mario Brothers, um, you spawn into the world as a little Italian plumber and you don't know what to do unless you've read uh, you read the guidebook or you learned uh, you played Mario before. You don't understand what the buttons do, whether it's how to jump or how to move your character. You're in this world and you have a tiny brown little mushroom looking character, a Goomba walking towards you. OK, and if you don't do anything, you will be hit by this enemy and you will lose a life. So you're technically failing. Now, people and players, when that happens, they don't say, OK, that's it. I've lost. <laughs> the, the Princess Peach won't be saved. Bowser wins and they turn off the games console. They say, OK, next time I'm going to test things out. What does this button do? What does that button do? You finally figure out, OK, this is how I jump over the enemy and this is how I navigate the map. So you've learned from failure there. And I think that's what we really should be emphasizing to our students is that Failing is, is not that big of a deal. That's where real learning is happening, is that when you try something, it doesn't work. But then you keep the, the, the perseverance there to say, do you know what? It didn't work that time. Let me try something else. And here in DreamSpace, we do a lot of coding. Computer science is a massive part of the lessons that we, we run. And I think that pairs so beautifully with coding, is that coding is you're not going to have your program run successfully the first time. You might not even have it run successfully the 10th time. The idea that you're going to keep going Keep looking for those mistakes and those bugs, correcting them, and then running it again is going to be so important. Now, you pair that with Minecraft, a video game and environment where players are used to failing, and you have built-in coding there, which is available in Minecraft education, you're really onto a winner there. So if their code doesn't work, they're like, oh, okay, I'll try something else, okay? Because that's what Minecraft is all about. That's what gaming is all about. Let's test it out. Let's figure it out. Let's learn from my mistakes. Um, and that's really the big piece that I look at is that, 
yes, video games are entertaining. And how fantastic would it be to run an entertaining lesson for your students? I think we should still not say, oh, if it's an entertaining lesson, it's a bad lesson. If it's an entertaining lesson, that's an even better lesson. But you still have to achieve those specific learning outcomes. And there's so many reasons there, whether it's motivation or whether it's that grace for failure, um, to kind of sway you into thinking, yeah, this is a fantastic way to do it. And this is a really cool medium of how I can engage uh, my learners and how I engage my students, you know? Yes, that indeed is really significant um, that how Minecraft can be an actual learning tool that is mainly focusing upon the educational outcomes and not just, you know, being Minecraft as a tool where if a teacher is not present at school, then they can yeah. always play. So, like, you know, at the educational outcomes focusing upon, like he said, that it does not have to be that Minecraft is a part of the entire lesson plan. It can be like probably for introducing the lesson plan or summing up the lesson plan or a further reflection or could be like the main body that, you know, if it's like, for instance, the respiratory system to explain the um, the respiratory organs, we could show the uh, respiratory organs to Minecraft and then introduce and conclude by a formal discussion in the classroom regarding what they learned in the game. And as and when it comes to teachers to understand why they can invest their time in game-based learning, because they give, it gives them more motivation, like you said. And there'll be more new and exciting lessons for students to explore, for example, Egypt or mathematical concepts. Yeah. And then again, I really love the last point, video games are the fantastic environment for failure because mm -hmm. again, it's the first attempt in learning, right? That's how fail the first attempt in learning. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I'm that is hashtag agree. motivation. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> And he also says that purpose-driven, experiential, and exploratory equals game-based learning. Fantastic. That is true. Yeah. Really. Yes. Uh, Amanda says this games provide a safe space to fail and build resilience. Resilience, a fantastic trait to have. Something we always tell our students here in DreamSpace, especially if they're brand new to coding, is that you got to be resilient. If you want to get the output and the outcome you want, you have to stick with it. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, Minecraft really kind of, Minecraft education gives you that ability to kind of teach that skill. Truly, I absolutely agree. So in the end, we would love to know where we can find you online. And we would love to have a message from you to the audience listening to us live right now. Oh, fantastic. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say a massive shout out to the amazing people that I work with. I want to say a massive shout out to Amanda Jolliffe, Corey Hughes, Neve Highland, uh, Deanna De La Pisa, uh, Lorraine Drum, that's the Dream Space team, our fantastic manager, Kevin Marshall as well. Uh, I'm so lucky to work with them every single day and they're amazing STEM educators just like me, uh, or the amazing STEM educators and me as well with them. Um, and then uh, you can follow me on uh, social media. So you can follow me at um, Michael B underscore edu. Uh, go to the Microsoft Ireland uh, YouTube page and you can find all our on-demand Dream Space live events so we stream them live and then we edit them down to be more applicable for on-demand sessions so they're live lessons you can pop them up on the board and you and your students can follow along with us go to dreamspace.ie follow our newsletter uh, we do have a mission to reach um, and bring some education to every young person on the island of ireland but as you can see dreamspace is kind of um, expanding beyond that 
and all of our a lot of our content is applicable not just for irish primary curriculum as well so check it out and it's all completely free so check it out and you can use it in your own class uh, and reach out to me if you have uh, an interest in game-based learning or coding or um, new ways to kind of teach digital technologies i always love to hear it i always love to work with people who are uh, kind of passionate and exciting about that um and uh, yeah i think that last point is is what i'm going to finish on uh whether you're a teacher whether you're a student whether you're someone just coming into the world of stem uh, or even stem education uh, don't be afraid to fail because uh, failing as you said nami is, is the first step in learning and i think that's what it's all about and that's what we're trying to achieve here thank you so much and we have another comment coming on from mr man and watkins so inspiring thank you so much and absolutely failing in the first attempt in learning. So um, listening to you has just reminded me of this fact that purpose is the reason you commence on a journey. Passion is the fire that lights the way. So thank you so much, uh, Mr. Michael. It was amazing talking to you today and a lot of insights that we retained from you. And I'm sure the audience listening to us right now will use that in their classrooms to make them more lively. Fantastic. Amazing. Really appreciate it, Namia. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm honored to be on here. I'm excited to, to work with you again in the future. All the best to you and uh, have a fantastic day. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode and I'll see you in the next one. Till then, each one, each ten. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.